0: Stop for a second and picture the next big meal you're going to be spending with your family. Imagine sitting around a table full of your favorite dishes. What that looks like and what it smells like. Where's all that food going to be coming from? And who's going to be growing it or raising it? Small farmers had a big part to play in those scenes not that long ago, but today probably not so much. So I talked with one legal advocate who's fighting to preserve the role of small farmers in our economy. And I asked her what we could all do to ensure that small farmers don't fade completely from our countrysides. I'm Josh Morgan, and this is The Plural of You, the podcast about people helping people. I'm a data analyst and sociologist living in Baltimore, Maryland. And if you've ever wished that you could do more to make the world a better place, or if you just need a boost to your faith in humanity once in a while, then you're the kind of person that I've been making this podcast for. I talk with leaders who have dedicated themselves to improving the lives of others, and I'm collecting their advice in case you'd like to get involved too. Jillian Highshaw is one of those leaders. She's the founding director of a nonprofit organization called FARMS, which is short for Family Agriculture Resource Management Services. She and the other contributors at farms have set up a unique model for supporting small farms in the southeastern United States. They raise money to buy food grown by small farmers, usually produce, and then they donate it to food assistance organizations like food banks or churches in the region. So that way, small farmers get paid and families in need get healthy local food that they otherwise might not have. Jillian got into this work when she learned about a problem that's been quietly eroding America's small farms for years. Our farmers are getting older, and they're struggling not only to maintain their farming operations as they age, but to preserve them for their families. More and more farmers are now passing away, and the result has been a loss in the overall number of farms across the country, many of which have been bought and consolidated over time among fewer and fewer owners. There's also less diversity in the food that's being grown, and a decrease in land wealth being passed down among families, particularly among
1: families of color. So a typical situation is usually when a small farmer is in the later stages of his life and in his operation. They're usually past 75, 80. Their children, you know, are now becoming more involved. And the family is kind of just questioning, okay, what are we going to do with this farm? What are we going to do with dad or mom now that they really can't manage the farm anymore? They just want to know more information about their estate planning options. We are a seven-state region, but, you know, I'm not licensed to practice law in all of these states. And so I usually just partner with another attorney and they spearhead the estate planning side of things.
0: Jillian's response to land loss among small farmers and their families was to spend years becoming an attorney specializing in agricultural law and to found farms. Although she takes pride in helping farmers distribute their goods to nearby communities, her main focus is offering legal assistance to farming families so that they can better protect their assets.
1: The USDA is going to release their census in 2018, and it's set to state that 65 and older will be the new age bracket for U.S. farmers across the board.
0: I want to make sure you get what Jillian just said. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture is set to report that the average age for principal farm operators was about 65 in 2016. And that's up from about 58 in 2012 and 50 in 1982. So that's a big jump. Data from the USDA's act censuses also show that the number of new farmers has been decreasing at the same time, and that over half of principal farm operators have other jobs besides farming, and that fewer than half of principal operators have been turning profits from their farms in recent years. Now, farming has always been hard work. That hasn't changed in thousands of years, even though new technologies have made it easier and more productive over time. But what has changed, at least among American farming in the last few decades, is that the rest of us have increasingly left it for someone else to do, and that being the farmers. That, in turn, has left many small farmers vulnerable, and that's where advocates like Jillian come in.
1: With that being said, you have the issue of predatory lenders, also Medicaid liens, and so, you know, these are things that I definitely see on a daily basis.
0: It seems a trend not just among farming, but business overall has been the consolidation of smaller firms into larger firms, even though there's lots of downsides to that. So I'm just wondering, why do we still need small farms?
1: We definitely still need small farms. I mean, over the past decade, over 140,000 farms have went out of business or either consolidated. That number is astronomical. To me, if you have more stewards of the land, especially small farmers, when you have a small farm operation, it's usually family based and nine times out of 10, they're trying to do things organically because the cost of inputs have gone up, up, up. When you have a family farm, they try to do things organically to lessen the cost of fertilizer and you know all of those inputs and a lot of small farmers they tend to be stewards of the land they they want to not zap all of the nutrients from the soil they have to do that because they need longevity you know it's definitely needed not to say that we don't need large farms as well because they mass produce the majority of food that we eat, but there definitely needs to be more incorporation of sustainability on all levels.
0: How did you get involved in this work? Like how, how did this affect you and your life?
1: My grandfather was raised on a farm in Oklahoma and we lost the land. So, you know, I just kind of took an interest from that.
0: Was this while you were alive or did this happen before you were born?
1: No no, this happened before I was born, but just working in the backyard garden with my grandfather just became fascinated with how you know things just change you know how a tomato turns from green to red and so that sparked my interest in science and so I got my bachelor's in biology but then... I also had an interest kind of in the legal policy side of things. So that's when I, after I finished my biology degree, I finished my law degree and my legal master's in agricultural law at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville.
0: Julian told me she first had the idea for farms in 2005 during the first semester of her law program. One of her professors assigned a review of two class action lawsuits that were filed against the USDA for discriminatory practices. Julian decided she wanted to do something to help small farmers protect themselves from situations like those in the future, especially those with the limiting means to do so. She got the idea to found a nonprofit dedicated to that cause around that time, but she thought it would be better to build expertise first. So she put in lots of years building up a resume and making connections. and then 2012 she started laying the groundwork for what eventually became farms.
1: Yeah, it's definitely changed, but some things have remained the same. Right now we have three programs on the books. One of course, is the legal services, which focuses on this elder care. Of small farmers in relation to estate planning and then the second is our food bank program where I write grants and then I pay the farmers purchase whether their produce and then it's donated to food pantries, homeless shelters, child and elder care centers in our seven state region and so over the past four years we've donated over 200,000 pounds of produce. Our third program which encompasses three things focused on youth is our arts and ag, and that's where I started this program 10 years ago using poetry to teach kids about science and ag science. Since then, we've integrated it into farms and focused on using photography, but um, kind of phasing out that program We'll still keep the book scholarship that we give to a child or a grandchild of a small farmer majoring in ag science their junior and senior year of college. We'll also continue to host our internship program for young ladies that are interested in agriculture. But at this point, you know, you can't do everything. (laughs) Sure, yeah. And so the immediate needs of the farmers, particularly when it comes to elder care and estate planning um, have definitely been overwhelming. Just the past two years, it's definitely increased. So that's where our focus should be.
0: I was wondering if you have any favorite stories, like success stories or stories where people have come up to you and said, thank you, you know, that sort of thing. Do you have anything that kind of instantly comes to mind that you reflect on fondly?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's one recent um, donation that we completed where, under the food bank program, I purchased some sweet potatoes from a farmer and donated them to an elder care center in Charlotte, North Carolina. And the farmer was introduced to me by another like local urban farming group in Charlotte. They basically take young people in the communities, primarily African-American young males, and they teach them how to farm. And one of their initiatives, I believe like every other year, is to take the boys to Ghana to learn agricultural practices in that country. The farmer was like, oh, you know, he loves the group that introduced us and he agreed to donate a small portion of the revenue that he made from the purchase to this organization for their trip. I really, really loved that because it encompasses so many things from the elder care center to the community college students coming out and helping bag the potatoes during the event for the elders. And then the farmer's contribution it definitely was one that that was the most memorable. Also, last year, we started working with a farmer near the Appalachian area in Tennessee, just purchasing produce from the farmer to donate to the local food bank. And then also this year, it was given out at a local church. Definitely gives you the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, because they don't, have a lot. And the amount of waste in this country is $2 trillion.
0: As far as discarded food?
1: Yes. And most of the waste, the highest amount of waste in any U.S. region is the Southeast region. That's where you have the most produce farms outside of California. People shouldn't be going hungry, you know, Right. especially in rural communities where the farms are located the produce shouldn't just be rotting in the field to compost the soil when you know you have people down the street that are living from hand to mouth.
0: Younger generations coming up, they may be discouraged from entering the family business. And I'm wondering, like, how do you help convince them that it's still worthwhile?
1: Yeah. I mean, farming is hard work. It's hard to You know, at times to convince yourself that you want to move back to the farm when the cost for inputs just keep increasing. And so I tell kids of our senior farmers, hey, you don't need to move to small town, Tennessee or whatever. You can create a timber farm. Or you can put solar panels on it and sell, you know, the energy to the local utility company.
0: Oh, like a solar farm. Okay.
1: Yeah. If your land is flat and you're near a three-phase pole, which is basically you see the telephone pole, it has three lines. But, you know, you can do different things. You can put a cell tower, try to enter into a cell tower agreement. But you don't have to be on the farm living there all the time you can, you know, lease it out to other farmers, but definitely keep it in the family, don't sell.
0: Is there one thing that you could point to that you would like for people to know about the clients that you serve? Like what's a common characteristic you find among small farmers that you would like for more people to know about?
1: They're hard working and they're honest. They're very direct, which I like, and they love farming. I mean, they don't do it for the money. They just do it because they love it. And they do it, you know, oftentimes until they they can't do it anymore or until they pass away because they just love the land so much. And oftentimes you talk to a farmer and, oh, my father farmed, his father farmed. You know, it's just the love that they get. But then I meet people that they, they raised in New York, but, you know, now they're farming in Arkansas because they they love it as well. It's just a new sound passion. But yeah, the main characteristic is that they're hard working. I mean, you have to be hard (laughs) working to run a farm because it takes so much time and energy, especially produce. It's just more labor intensive. It's just so many different things that you can do with agriculture and the fact that 24 million acres have been developed over the past 20 years, that's just a massive amount of land. It just seems to be shrinking more and more, that urban sprawl effect. People live in rural areas for a reason, and it should stay that way.
0: And I hate to speak for you, but the sense I get from you know talking with you is if small farmers continue to shrink you know if that population continues to shrink then a lot of the virtues that we see in them like you said earlier you appreciate that they're honest and hard working and that sort of thing i think in a lot of ways we'll lose that in our culture so i just really appreciate that you're helping to to preserve that sort of thing
1: yeah i mean the the last usda study i don't have it in front of me in 2012 but you know over 90 percent of u.s farms are small
0: oh 90 wow
1: Yeah, but the majority of ag revenue is made by large farms. I believe in order to be considered like a corporate farm, it has to be a thousand plus acres or somewhere around there. But yes, the majority of revenue that is generated is from corporate farms, but the majority of the U.S. farms are small.
0: I know me personally, I would love to do more to help small farmers and buy more local produce. But it's just so easy to go to some chain grocery store, you know, like I would love to go to farmer's markets all the time, but I I have to admit I don't. And I'm probably not alone in that. So what can someone do to help support small farmers? Like, is it going to shop at farmer's markets or is, is there something else that we could do too?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely shopping at farmer's markets because you get to interact with the farmer. One thing is that's better to me than than farmers markets that farmers tend to like is CSAs and oh yeah yeah subscription agreements and so definitely going and buying a CSA from a farmer that saves because usually with a farmers market they have to get up early, pack the truck, get it there, set it up, stay there for hours and they're away from the farm. But with a CSA you're going to the farmer, not the other way around. Even if they have a delivery component, you know, that definitely helps because they can hire a driver to deliver 20 CSAs for the fraction of the price. So definitely buying CSAs from the farmer is, you know, direct sales and it, it helps.
0: Okay. I'm glad you said that because I'd, I'd forgotten all about CSAs. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to look into that where I am.
1: Yeah, it it definitely helped. And then also buying from local grocery stores that support the farmers where their produce and meats are locally sourced. That's also something to take into consideration.
0: Now, what about you and your organization, Farms? What would be the best way to support you and your work?
1: I'm definitely trying to gain more of a following, gain more coverage on what I'm doing. Protecting the farmers when it comes to elder care issues of small farmers. I would love to secure more speaking opportunities, also, to be hired as a consultant to work on some of the issues. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and our website is 30,000acres.org. That's all numbers, not words. I named it 30,000 acres because particularly in the African-American community, we lose 30,000 acres per year in land ownership. Also, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Jillian Highshaw, And um, I have a website, JillianHyshaw.com. And then donate, please donate. <laughs> we have a donate button on our website. So, you know, just click and donate as well.
0: Is there anything I haven't asked that you'd like to talk about?
1: Oh, yes. I have almost forgot. I also wanted to discuss that Farms does have a new partnership with Cientis, and it's a company based out of Texas that sells cleaning products in hospital, hotel, schools, as well as agriculture. All of the products are organic based and they have Chico wash, which washes the produce. So once it's harvested in the field, you know, usually you have to wash it. And oftentimes the product that they wash the produce is a bleached based product. And this product is a non-bleached based product. And so it's more environmentally friendly as well as consumption friendly. <laughs> so we partnered with this company in order to extend the shelf life of produce and sales will definitely contribute to our programming. So
0: Yeah, because you got to be able to support yourself. And that right. sounds like a good way to
1: do it. Right, right, right.
0: I realized while talking with Julian that we really take our country's farmers for granted. Maybe we just assume that they'll be all right no matter what happens because they have such a strong work ethic, but they lead a precarious way of life. What's worse is that we're not producing enough new farmers to replace the older ones, and that matters beyond headcounts and statistics. We're losing some forms of knowledge surrounding the trade as older generations fade away, and in a sense, we're losing our heritage as a society. That's why I'm glad Jillian and Farms are doing their best to preserve these things for the rest of us, but they can't do it by themselves. i followed Jillian and her efforts since 2015, and I've noticed that she has a lot in common with the people that she serves. She works incredibly hard at what she does because she loves it, but she could use our help, and so could our small farmers. So go follow Farms on social media, and remember to check out the farmers markets and CSAs where you live. Personally, I've been slacking on that last bit, so I'm going to make it a point in the new year to support farming families near me, and I hope you will too. This has been The Plural of You. I'm Josh Morgan, and the show's website is pluralofview.org. That's all I have for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care.